Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is supported by the New York Studio School. The school welcomes artists from around the world to join us this summer in New York City or virtually from your home studio in the school's legendary marathons and learn from dedicated artists and to expand as makers. Rigorous and immersive, marathons unfold over 10 days from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time daily and present a wide range of art-making strategies combined with comprehensive critiques and inspirational discussions. Paradigm-shifting discoveries propel artists to relate to drawing, painting, and sculpture as direct methodologies in understanding their experience in the world, the profound impact of which continues far beyond each marathon. Generous, partial scholarships are available. Visit nyss.org to apply today. Sound and Vision is supported by Golden Artist Colors. Golden is an employee-owned company that makes the best artist materials for making that you can get. Over the last 25 years or so, I've been using Golden acrylics, mediums, and materials, and I stand by the quality in their products. They make acrylics that stay wet longer, they dry flat, mediums to make you paint super thick and beautifully fluid. They also make Williamsburg oil paints and core watercolors as well. You can find Golden in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is supported by the fine coffee makers at Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum has amazing coffee beans that you can order straight to your door. On their website, you can choose from different roasts from different origins, and you can even get a coffee subscription where you can get different beans delivered to your door each week or month. I'm on this subscription plan and it's amazing. As a coffee fanatic, getting new roasts all the time delivered fresh to the door is amazing. If you get to Seattle, you can even see a 10 foot by 40 foot mural of mine in their 6th and Bell Street shop. Check out Fulcrum Coffee Roasters at fulcrumcoffee.com. Tracy Rose is an artist born in South Africa. She's best known for a revolutionary performance practice, which often translates to and is accompanied by photography, video, installation, and digital prints. Tracy's work explores themes around post-coloniality, gender and sexuality, race, and repatriation. Tracy was born in Durban, South Africa. In 1990, she joined the Johannesburg Art Foundation before obtaining a BA in Fine Art from the University of the Witwatersrand in Johannesburg in 1996. In 2004, Tracy attended the South African School of Motion Picture Medium and Live Performance and later obtained her Master of Fine Arts from Goldsmiths College in London. Tracy currently lives and works in Johannesburg, South Africa and has taken part in countless residencies across the globe. Tracy is exhibited widely internationally, most notably May You Live in Interesting Times, the South African National Pavilion in the 58th Venice Biennale, Body Talk, Feminism, Sexuality and Body at 49 Nord in Metz, France, False Flag at Art Basel in Switzerland, Toro Savalje at the Museum of Modern Art in Buenos Aires, Argentina, the Reina Sofia Museum in Madrid, Waiting for God in Johannesburg Art Gallery in Johannesburg, 
and Build Musette in Sweden, Rose O'Grady with Lorraine O'Grady at Goodman Gallery in South Africa, the Lubumbashi Biennial in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Performa in New York, Documenta 14 in Athens, Greece, and Kassel, Germany, the 11th Biennale de Lyon in France, Afro-Modern Journeys Through the Black Atlantic at the Tate Liverpool, the Stelgic Museum in Amsterdam, Africa Remix at the Hayward Gallery in London, and the Center for George Pompidou in Paris, and Afrikan, the Studio Museum of New York, to name a few. I spoke with Tracy on the heels of her current show at the Queen's Museum called Shooting Down Babylon, which is up until September 10th. An important note, this episode contains a lot of explicit language. Here's our conversation. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of wish I've seen these, you know, performances in person, but I, my mind, like in watching some of them, went back to things like the first time I saw Space is the Place by Sun Ra. And um, I was thinking mm-hmm. of like Jean-Luc Godard's Weekend, you know, like different things like from my formative years of of looking at stuff were like running through my mind, you know. And then there was like a snippet of Marvin Gaye playing and that was like my dad's favorite musician. All this stuff like in my head. And I was like, I felt like jip that I haven't seen a lot of your art in person. Anyways, it's not really a question, but I'm really excited to be able to, you know, commute a short distance to see this show that's coming up. Hey, thanks. Um, yeah, it's like returning to my art home, you know, I feel like being back in New York um, in a space where also people get me, uh, well, not all of them, but like the ones who really matter and, and understand the work, you know, so... I just find like, oh, like in South Africa, I feel a lot like I'm walking on the spot in a way. You know, there's like, there's a burgeoning conservatism in the way that people are approaching art. And, you know, it's, I mean, kind of, it's, it's sort of like the, the, that global kind of crisis of what happened with art in the last 20 years of this, you know, the beginning of the century. It's like from the 90s, which was amazing. And you had like this incredible range of, of, of practitioners. And, <clears throat> you know, um, globally, you know, and across, you know, across all kind of whatever category, demographics. Um, and none of those demographics actually mattered because it was really about the quality of the work, you know. And it was, you know, and I think to speak about the quality of the work is an important thing. Because I think that there's a lot of, um, uh, uh, you know, the I didn't want to say this, say it in this way, but, you know, the sort of box ticking kind of criteria that determines what a good artist is. And it's like, no, the work is shit. The work is absolute shit. I don't give a fuck who you fucking like, where you come from, like what you had for lunch. Like, is your work? Does your work speak to people? You know, and and it's kind of, um, yeah, it's disgusting, man. I fucking hate art right now. I just stopped looking at it for a really long time, and which is ironic because I teach it, you know, um, and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, it's just to me, it's like really sad because it's just exhausting as well. Because a lot of people don't seem to have an understanding of the historical timeline in which, you know, that led us to this point. And I'm at the moment, I'm like, we've got to go back to the cave to understand why does he started doing all this stuff? You know, what, when did the arts, so-called arts become important? You know, it wasn't when there were galleries and museums and radio stations or whatever the fuck, you know, theaters. It was when we were in the cave and we were painting on walls and dancing <clears throat> and singing, you know, and, you know, and enacting whatever kind of 
narratives in you know performance and um yeah and and um so south africa has like the oldest i mean everybody's in competition about this but i'm just going to go with it uh for my own arrogance um we have the oldest artwork that was found in, in the Blumbos caves, which is just basically a rock with like engravings on it. I've never seen the original, I've only seen it um, online. Um, which I only found out about it a couple of years ago. And I was like, what? It's like, depending on where you, who who you listen to or what you're reading, it's between, pardon, um, 20, 25, 30, 50, or 70,000 years old. Um, and um, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, I say to my students, like, believe in everything and believe in nothing because somebody else is going to come along and say, oh, no, we're the first. And partly, I don't really give a fuck. Uh, I'm just trying to make an argument right now, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know why I took you there, but, yeah. Well, you were talking about how you hate <laughs> art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right now, I hate it. I don't, you know, like, but just, I don't just, know what's just, happening just, to me. I feel like I shared that sensibility that you have. Mm-hmm. earlier in my days and as i get older i tend to i don't know maybe i'm getting sappy or something but i just see the beauty and like every i don't know i'm just open these days mm-hmm. and other people mm-hmm. yeah i just i don't or maybe talking to so many people like each week i talk to a different artist and hearing their stories and i try oh, I to so. you know see the beauty and being creative whether i like what it looks like or not you know what I mean? That there's something uh, beautiful about the pursuit mm-hmm. and in relation to a lot of other pursuits in this world, you know? But- yeah, I, I hear you. And, 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 I, and I kind of was in that phase a while ago. And it's just right now, I'm just, I've just seen a lot of junk fronting. And I've just seen too many people who have slid in based on um, everything else that has got fuckle to do with that. You know, for me, there's like a point also as an artist where you've got to reference give reverence to and reference to those that have come before you and i'm not seeing that maybe it's also just like like the context in which i'm coming from right now i mean i've been kind of stuck in uh in a in a a space that is just i feel unevolving and i'm not talking about myself i'm talking about my surroundings um you know um and and what why i'm saying that is being in new york i feel that's shifted so up until you know like last week, I I was just like, uh, I don't know what the fuck this, the point of this is because it's just barren for me at the moment. I'm just like, this is decor. You know, this is not what, you know, I mean, in, in my country, people died for their art. Like, you know, people were imprisoned for, make, for you know, for their writing. For, you know, for the artworks. I mean, just like, and 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 now I'm sitting looking at drivel, you know, and and I'm mean, so 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 yeah. So that's that's kind of the space I'm coming from. And also, I feel like there's a weird kind of conservatism and I was saying that sort of slipped in. And I don't I don't know how global it is because I haven't been um, so engaged with what is happening internationally. Um, no, I, yeah. I'm kind of more, I mean, if I, have to, if I had to look at a kind of space and genre, I'd say like 90s, you know, 1990s was for me like that kind of golden moment. We were like pre-turn of the century and we had like so much potential. Um, and I look at like South Africa as well, like, you know, we were in the Mandela era and like right. everybody, you know, it was like rainbow tinted glasses. And, um, 
Yeah, and that's now just like savagely different. You know, I mean, we're kind of following the cliche of every other African country and just falling into complete like disarray. I mean, it's just dysfunction, actually. So, um, and then also the space of like kind of sitting on like the brink of like a nuclear nuclear warfare. And I'm like, this shit happened last time. Didn't you fucking learn anything? You know? Um, <laughs> no, and, everything you know, repeats kind itself. Of like, I mean, that's human yeah, nature. No, no, I disagree. I, it's choice. It's choice. It is a choice. We I know, but I'm just it. saying that's the, the bad choices that humans make over and over again is that they repeat. No, I'm not making actions. that choice. Other people no, I'm saying as as like a society. You know what I mean? Like history uh, repeats yeah, itself. Like yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, and like I can kind of agree with you, but I refuse to because it's almost like I'm like you know resigning myself to the fact that even though I'm being incredibly cynical about it, a lot of it's a little bit fake because I just don't want my heart broken again. Right. No, um, I get it. And I'm just like, you know, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be a space where, you know, where we have to transform things. You know, I, I was, I, I was in Austria recently um, to give a, um, the, I was for the, at the summer Academy in, in Salzburg. And they gave a talk and I was like, okay, who show of hands, who's got tickets to Mars here? You know, um, obviously nobody. <laughs> I was like, well, this is, this is it. This is our home. This is all we have. Right. We don't have any other fucking place to go to all around us are barren planets, you know, catch a fucking wake up, you know, uh, if we don't take care of this and, and it's, a, and it's, and it's an individual decision before it becomes a collective one, you know, right. we fucked. You know, and I think that COVID kind of was was like the introduction to just like how, um, like thoroughly abandoned we are. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I think like we've got to change our narratives around what death is. You know, it's like the current fucking options we have uh, are just incredibly limiting. I think I have a perspective on a little bit. If I'm getting some of what you're saying correct. Is this idea that a lot of stuff nowadays is a little muted and kind of like I think what you refer to as drivel or like, you know, just not really engaging with that linear narrative and maybe just seemingly, you know, passive or something. But I see in young people, you know, having a teenager and, and teaching college students is that I think with the way social media and the internet kind of puts everyone, everyone feels like they're in the spotlight or they're afraid to make a mistake or say the wrong thing, or they get kind of muted in a way to where they just don't want to, like when I was in school, people wanted to break the rules. They wanted to try to make a statement, even if they were putting their foot in their mouth, it was kind of like, I want to say something. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like mm -hmm. there's this propensity for people to want to say what everyone else is saying and just kind of be safe in that space of like, oh yeah, I like that too. Or this is something I, you know, and there's not as much of that pushback. And I think part of that has to do with this feeling that everyone's being watched all the time. You know what I mean? In a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do about um, and, it, but um, it just seems like it's there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A, the friend of mine, uh, South African writer, he uh in one of his books there's this quote that always comes to mind when I'm thinking about um the sort of um 
par- self-inflicted paranoia, I guess, uh, that we have. I don't want to say. It's, 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 uh, the, the line is something to the effect of, um, here they would police thoughts if they, or here they police thoughts. Or here they police, they would police thoughts if they had to. Something to that effect, but it was just that idea of policing thoughts and how we become our own, um, our own policemen, you know. Totally, how, yeah. Um, yeah, of how, how we behave. It's, it, yeah, so, um, yeah, and, you know, and, and, and for me, like, art and stand-up, fine art and stand-up comedy are, 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 in, are on par in terms of pushing the limitations of... Um, of, of just freedom of expression i think i think stand-up comedy for me good stand-up is like the final frontier it's like I totally you know agree. I, I, that 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 will that will slip smack was like wow that was censorship in its highest fucking order you know besides everything else you know and yeah. and that terrified me i was like fuck like you know this this the, you know, and and then I think a couple of weeks later or a while later, I think Chappelle was performing and somebody jumped the stage with a knife. And for me, it was like a mark of like, you know, the beginning of the end in a sense of like, you know, you see this in, in, in kind of dictatorships where, um, yeah, people get silenced, you know, like, I mean, you know, um, an extreme case, Bella Kuti, uh, you know, uh, taking on the Nigerian government and how, you know, there's also, it's just, it's like, it's, it's kind of, you know, you know, so, and, um, and I think the, um, more than ever, you know, we've, we've actually, um, I mean, not just to say militant because it's also such a, I don't want to say, like, I hate this word triggering, but it, you know, um, it's, it's it's a word that could kind of spark um, uh, in whatever um, interpretations that are of, of extremism, but I don't mean it in that way. But I think that right. art is really like the arts are a fantastic fucking weapon, and you know this is also known by you know powers that be and all of that. And I think that the manner in which we're being played is is almost like it's counterintelligence that's kind of playing us, like somebody's playing us on the chessboard, playing boats. I think there's something like really weird going on because. Um, the degree of fear and silence that 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 um, artists across all genres are experiencing um, is something. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think every time you make a work, you define something. You know, it's this. You know, when you make a work that the world has never asked for, or didn't know that it needed. Um, you know, uh, it's it's you know it's a gift. It's a gift to humanity. You know, that's right. that's really what it is. Um, and it causes a shift in your perceptions, and you know that creates if one individual's, you know, perceptions are shifted, that creates a ripple, and they affect other people, and you know, and so so it goes on. And I think that um, um, maybe we need to go back to like just the fundamentals, you know, the ABC of like why we do this. That's what I'm saying. Like go back to the cave because I think we can draw strength from that because this is like this is a, a like a deeply you know spiritual practice this isn't you know this isn't just about aesthetics you know I, yeah, um i think I I mean that we we yeah we you know we vehicles or vessels for whatever it is you know when you know when you get into that zone when the work kind of takes over and kind of makes itself you know and you feel like it's not you making the work that's exactly what it is um and you know i think if you think about like the vibrational aspects of of what you know good and evil are 
hate, love and hate, or whatever. And it's like how this these 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 gifts are um are there to counter, you know, the negative. Um my my friend he actually hates the that I that I quoted him on this. I'm not gonna really use his name because he gets embarrassed and I'm just like, fuck it. It's like a pop cultural kind of comment, you know, and it's you know it's so it's so accessible. He says that um he was saying that it's it's time for the empaths to rise because the world has been run by psychopaths for too long. And I love that quote because you know um I was saying like I, what I love about New York I was like, trying to work on the stand-up routine last night because I'm like, I want to try stand-up and I, I get stage fright. So, um, you know, and the thing is like, I use that in performance art because, you know, when you fuck up in art, like people engage with it. Um, so, <laughs> you know, as opposed to like a disciplined um, craft form, you know, that has its kind of parameters that you've actually got to deliver with it. And I love that about it. There's still, I mean, it's, there's, there's these very bland pockets now, much more than there was like, you know, 20 years ago. But you know, the freak pockets are just so amazing and so incredibly rich. I mean, it's mainly in the York natives that are that are very much about that. Right. Um, I think the people kind of passing through, um, yeah. Um, but um, or something else. But but yeah, it was just um, was I do this thing where I've got to you know I wake up at three o'clock and then I've got to do my oh, and that was the other thing. Oh my god, like the whole city just just has this wonderful aroma of marijuana everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it sure and does. Like, the conspiracy around this is to basically like, get everybody like non-aggressive. No, um, chill everyone out. Because nobody sure. just, yeah, completely chilled out and just like, and just like, you know, glossy eyed and um, yeah. Um, and, and there's something just also just like, just really gratifying about also just feeling like you can, you know, you can take this medicinal herb and kind of engage in your space and, you know, be a little bit weird. I go a bit weird. Um, but, um, yeah, you're not a freak. Yeah. You know, because you're completely at home with everything else and everyone else. That, that's, yeah, there's no oddities about you, you know. Um, I don't remember why I was telling you that. I think um, I would make a case for, and hearing you talk about that, all that, is that that's why I think I'm really excited to see your show. And I think that work like yours is important. I, I think, you know, I kind of came up in the 90s in art school as a painter, you know, when everything, remember the biennial then, there was like no painting. It was all about sort of like, you know, conceptual performance, political. It, it was very much about, um, that was kind of like the dialogue that was happening. And um, I feel like, you know, things ebb and sweat, like, you know, things get extreme into one area where everyone's paying attention to something. Everything's happening all at once, all the time. And I think right now for people to see your work and the, the stuff that you're doing is, I don't know, hopefully some younger people see that work and feel like, oh yeah, you can have this kind of voice. You can say these things, you can tackle certain things you know what i mean and just the same way they go and see an agnes martin show and say you know i can make work that's meditative and quiet but i could also be very loud like it's valid you know what i mean mm. yeah absolutely absolutely precise i mean that's oh yeah that's that's that, that's it you know um i think that's that would be my greatest joy you know is to have people just you know, to just speak without 
hindrance you know i'm like i mean you like you i mean growing up in the 80s i mean we used to say outrageous things you know and i mean i, <laughs> yeah. I you know of course there was that one <laughs> there was there was the one aspect where you know of course there was but i mean it, it, it exists in every kind of generation and across time i mean you know whatever kind of violences and thing. i mean when, you know the i was, I was thinking i was trying to kind of understand like the the sort of extreme kind of policing um that's that's been going on i mean which is also quite ironic given or maybe maybe it's a necessity for for the for the amount of kind of, of some global communication that's happening now as opposed to what happened you know in our analog era you know we still had like the that circular dial on the phone you know right you know um <laughs> Oh god, my son asked me what a telephone was the other day. He's 10. <laughs> <laughs> and you said it was attached to a wall with a cord. And you actually have to hold on to it. And you can only walk so far when you were on the phone call. Yeah. Um, yeah. um so I suppose, like you know, the, the extremes, uh maybe the the extreme moment had to be about like kind of setting up um um modes of engagement i guess a manner yeah. of engage you know methods of engagement given the amount of 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 you know of, of uh like i said like global communication and the kind of like uncappedness of of the way people can behave and you know reach out to each other with through the internet so you know so now i think you know now we kind of established some some degree of parameters around that i think we kind of need to go back to the space of fun where you know um you know um we don't we don't have to hold back. I mean, I love my 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 kids' generation or his his group of friends. They're just, you know, outrageously funny. He wants to be um, a stand-up comedian. Nice. Until a few <laughs> weeks ago, he wanted to be a plumber. He wanted to be a plumber and a stand-up comic. <laughs> That's a shift. And I was like, this is such a great, it's a great combination. Yeah. No, I mean, he'll never be out of work if he's a plumber, you know, and he can support his craft, right? So, and exactly. then he was like, no, I just like, he was like, no, this, this, this like great art, it's like kindergarten kid, like had a poo print on the wall in the toilet. And when he saw that, he started puking and he's like, no, you can't deal with anybody else's poo. He doesn't want to be a plumber anymore. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got such a fantastic sense of humor and you know he and his friends are just like outrageously funny um you know unlike the uh, head of them who's like the kids are just nasty and just like humorless and bullies right. um, but they just these super sensitive like just emotionally just fucking intelligent kids mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh thank you god you know thank thank god we got this batch of kitties coming up you know right. and um you know they're always like they're, they're all gamers um he he was playing soccer and he uh he was the goalie and they the b team and they're all gamers so you know their soccer's <laughs> they were like played then none of them had their kids and they were like playing with their hands in their pockets and stuff and they lost like 19-0 <laughs> they don't care yeah, that that's fun. They have a healthy perspective on it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather online, I'm like, you guys do understand that you've been prepped for war, right? They're like, oh, you keep telling us that every time, like they're playing online. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're blowing up stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you've got to know how to build robots and um and take them apart. Right. So. I think it's, I mean, I have a teenager too, and I think this whole, especially during COVID, like going to school on a computer and stuff, like 
it's it's prepared them for a different kind of future than we prepared for i think yeah of course everything's by design right i'm an amateur cons- i'm an amateur conspiracy theorist so i can go on about that stuff for days <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course. Like every leader has a seer, you know. They, you know, they. they a friend of mine was telling me in, in in Senegal, Jacques Chirac used to go and see the Marabous. Um, he had uh, Marabous apparently the the, the strongest um, because they combine um, like uh, Islam, uh, African animism, um, uh, to, to, and so. Um, they practice and, and, and you know, the, the kind of tradition, um, I mean, if you go kind of deep down, like some, some of the conspiracy kind of rabbit holes and stuff, it kind of relates to like ancient Kemet and, 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 uh, ancient Egypt, so-called Egyptian practices. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, the magic that's, that, that kind of comes from me, I mean, kind of like trying to draw links between, um, um, ancient, uh, I, I'm going to say Egypt just for convenience, like ancient Egypt and, and in India, um, so, so apparently the 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 the, the Dalits, the, the untouchables, they were um, descendants of the Egyptians. So you know because they they darker skinned, and so you'll find that across um, across the the earth, there's uh, all the people who um, who have darker complexions would have had their origins with you know. In, you know, upper Africa and taking that. So I mean, like, and and so so right now I'm trying to I'm trying to work on a sci-fi, on a sci-fi musical, and I'm going to kind of look at these sort of variations. I mean, like, and like I said, it's like you know you kind of believe everything and you believe nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm not I'm not interested in logic anymore. I, you know, I've like kind of like went through this whole sort of post-colonial phase, which I really loved and still kind of do of just kind of um, understanding the 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 the, the, the intricacies and the depths of of uh, global social uh, politics but i'm just so saturated by it and it's really kind of unfun um and i kind of i want to get back to fun you know i think you know uh, the kind of using the the emotional palette as a medium um yeah. is also something we haven't done enough in the last while, you know, like laughter and just, just irony and just self-deprecation and, right. you know, without all of these sensitivities. So, I mean, trying to figure out like what would be the most effective way to do it. And I also find like that, you know, the art world is such a small enclave, you know, that is also just, it's just like, it's just everybody's saying the same thing, you know, it's like nobody's, no, nobody's like shifting perceptions right now. And the people that are, are not given the platform because, right. you know, there's, Doesn't it's just, fit. It's just a, yeah, exactly. It doesn't fit the agenda that's incredibly fucking conservative and limiting and actually not at all about art. It's about fucking ego and career, right? Right. So um, so I'm like, fuck this. I'd rather go and like, you know, you know, work with real people in the real world who are way more interesting and actually like progressive in, in, in the manner in which they're doing things because they're doing things out of like an innate, um, not even a desire, like a calling to do it, you know? Right, um, right. And and so I'm like, you know, uh, what is the most sort of pop cultural medium I can use? I'm like, fuck yeah, television, you know? Um, and I'm still, it's still say television, but really what it is, is just a moving image, which can you know be translated, you know, transcribed onto, um, you know, onto digital platforms. But I mean, right. like I'm so, I'm so fucking last century. 
I'm like, give me a tape, a cassette tape, <laughs> <laughs> and an LP, you know, and a fucking TV, like one of those old TVs with the fat bumps for the backside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking happy. The backside. You know, don't even give me a remote control. Yeah, yeah. I want to get up and yeah, exactly. I want to get up and change the fucking channel with my finger, <laughs> you know, on the street. So, um, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, we've got to go back, or we've got we've got to fuck shit up, man. You know. Yeah, it, I, I, it, do you, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like humor, uh, artwork that has humor in it is usually really good. Like when it's good, it's really good. And I feel like right. some of the best cultural critique or things that we could say about us as a people and our existence, and I agree with you, is, is comedy is so effective at that. I think stand-up is such an amazing uh, form of reflection on our world. You know what I mean? And I feel like the art world has such a dearth of like humor it's just not and honestly i agree with what you're saying too about that escape i mean part of the reason that i wanted to do this podcast where i'm just like bsing with artists is because every artist quote-unquote interview was like the same 10 boring question like it's right. so you know stuffy and mm -hmm. just wrote and like I, I just wanted to give artists a platform to just bs because most artists are pretty interesting i yeah. mean they have an interesting story to tell and, you know, where, how can we get to the point to where art can engage in the world and, you know, not just this narrow range of like art fairs and selling work, you know what I mean? Like a broader uh, connection to people. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe video does that better, you know? <laughs> no, I think, no, it's not just video. It's, it's whatever the medium is. I mean, I think. I think you know you found that in, in in the podcast, like you know how do you, um, um, how to also kind of I suppose it's not really parodying the media, but um, maybe the formula right. uh, that that's been imposed on the media, you know, and you're yeah. stretching out these possibilities, which is fucking refreshing. Um, so and you know and so you know and also that space to make mistakes, you know. Um, yeah. Is, is super important because really the the the, the art is in the fuck up, you know. I totally agree. I, as a teacher, I'm I, there's I have so many students nowadays in college who are afraid to make a painting or a sculpture or a performance or something because it's not going to be good enough or people. You know what I mean? There's that insane. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a paralyzing pressure to be mm -hmm. quote unquote good. When mm -hmm. who cares if something's good or not? How about if it's real or passionate or, you know, a real exploration of something? I don't know. I just feel bad because I feel like we, when I was in art school, there wasn't that pressure. It was like the, I mean, I made terrible work constantly, but I learned so much from that. And right. now they edit before they even try, you know? Right, right. Yeah, but it's fear, right? It's fear. It is, like yeah. in the last, in, in more than fear which is so much worse. It's terror. Yes. Like, you know, like, like, like terror is just utterly debilitating. You know, you, you, you can't, you cannot function at all. And, but the saddest part, I don't know if you agree because I know you've grown up and you live in a, you know, a different place with a different sort of like, I don't know, it, it, everything's different when you live in different, you know, countries, different parts of the world, different political structures, whatever. But I feel like the sad part of like what's going on that I see 
here in like the states or in the west or whatever is that it's almost like that police state you were talking about where the the fear and the terror isn't actually coming from one person who's saying like you suck or you can't do that it's almost like invisible it's just in their brains of like oh i can't mm-hmm. try that because it's probably not going to be good enough and maybe they're mm-hmm. just reading like trolling comments all the time online and they're afraid that just they're going to be trolled upon by you know tons of people who who cares what they're writing because there's no face or real person to it i don't know it just it seems sad that it's like this unconscious editing or editor who like a big brother sort of thing just like watching over people absolutely yeah but that, that's precisely what it is it's it's it is the big brother we that we've all become you know there's um for my for my um ma um i did my post Great. I mean, I did it at Goldsmiths. Um, not happy with the institution. Anyway, um, I, um, yeah, they gave me a fifty-five percent average on, on for my <laughs> for, for, for my, and I, I got fifty-one percent for my dissertation, which I, 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 I know it was a bit of a mess. I mean, it was like there were like three themes in it, but I also like I did my, you know, my MA in, in under a year because I was established artist and applied for the two-year course, and so they, as an established artist, you can get into the second second year of the program. Um, but also, um, I was really disappointed that there was just no like social political awareness within, in, in, you know, at least within my seminar group. No, you know, it was all about like kind of self indulgent like aesthetics and shit. And I just felt like, wow, what a fucking holiday from like <laughs> having to think, yeah. you know. I mean, that like, and, um, yeah, and so I, I did this piece called Shitting Bullion where I, 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 oh, I know. Colonized- Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, but tell it, so, but tell it. And people oh, should okay. hear. This is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so I ate colonized countries' foods the day before my seminar, and then I defecated in front of my class. But this was after <laughs> giving them a uh, – it was a 20-minute uh, – we got 20 minutes to do the presentation. So I, so I had 10 minutes that I um, spent 1.25 minutes per artwork. Just uh, I, I just flipped through – I think it was seven of uh, seven of my pieces um, to kind of say, and then while I was doing that, I was changing into this um, out this costume that was like the Union Jack of the Union Jack like beanie, Union Jack thong, and the Union Jack boxer shorts and leggings and t-shirt, and and then um, and then I I I, um, I climbed into the table with the last ten minutes and defecated in front of them, um, and it I I've got the recording somewhere, but it was. Like people stayed and watched, right? <laughs> it was a class of like fifteen people, I think. And um, I was constipated <laughs> because I was waiting so long. But I was also like drinking lots of really strong coffee in order to sort of, you know, just. But then I, I, somebody was before me, and I overly engaged in their work, even though their work wasn't very good. And so she, her work ended up looking great because everybody was really excited about. It. And it wasn't fucking good. Okay, it was. It was. It was kind of interesting. Um, actually, it was kind of interesting uh, visually, but like I just didn't feel like there was enough meat on it. Um, um, it was a father in in a in a rowing boat in the middle of a lake singing, and everybody was kind of fawning over this work. And I was like, I kept saying, "Are you an Aristo? Are you an Aristo?" Like because it was just like you know, <laughs> but she, she completely ignored me. And I just like like when I, mean, I started asking kind of questions about it. Um, that you know, kind of based on his costume, his look, the song that he sang. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so eventually she went over time. She cut into my time, and you know, I got all blocked up. And um, <laughs> literally, 
<laughs> yeah, like I was, I was like, I felt like that for seven days. I had to go for a colon cleanse. It was so bad. Oh man. Um, yeah, I couldn't even walk straight. I was so toxic. I was like walking at an angle. Oh, <laughs> so, and you got you a fifty-two. Oh, I got a, I got yeah for that. I got a fifty-two for for my seminars. Yeah, yeah. I got like fifty, fifty-two. I got fifty-one for my dissertation, which was. Um, I was looking at um, surveillance culture because I was like, "Fuck, this place is like riddled with cameras." And um, and then I was at first I started looking at something else, and I got I got sidetracked. But also at the time I was on the Venice Biennale that year, and I was on like five museum shows. So I was also on the exhibition. Uh, it was fucking awful exhibition. It was so disrespectful for global feminisms. And it was to inaugurate um, the Elizabeth Sackler for feminist art oh, there we go. <laughs> at the Brooklyn Museum. There we go. And I Oops. actually, I actually, I got into a bit of a fight with her because I was like, "This is fucking ridiculous." There's like 63 women. I call it like multicultural from all <laughs> over the world, and you know, there were like I think were like six white women who were curating the show. Who was just like, this was their kind of. It was so ins fucking insulting on every level. And I'd phone friends here and I was like, oh, is Coco Fusco involved? Is, you know, Adrian Piper, like, you know, Lorraine Great, I was mentioning all these names and people were like, no, 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 no. Um, and my friends were like, stay away. These people are evil. And I'm like, no, I've been called into the heart of the beast. I'm going in. <laughs> and so I ended up doing this sock, this puppet show with these two socks that I found that I didn't have, had missing pairs when I arrived um, in London. And I was so sad. Because, you know, the, the, the one sort of constant for me was like my two suitcases or one suitcase full of clothes. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, it was my home. It was like my stabilizer, you know, like every two weeks or so I was on a plane. And this is like the, 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 the intense thing about, um, about that kind of, you know, turn of the century kind of art practitioner. You know, we were always um, uh, exhibiting globally so you know because either people were living in not, not in their home countries or continents but you know constantly traveling and being in group international group shows and stuff and for mm -hmm. me and i was always screaming at people always hungry because we never got paid um you know like with the elizabeth sackler center for feminist art I don't, I was like, what the fuck does this bitch actually done for fucking anybody? You know, I didn't know her. There was no, I was like, I was trying to find information about her online. And then I was like, why the fuck are we kind of, you know, bestowing this title on this woman? And, you know, she's not, we were told we, you, you expected to give a public talk, but you will not be paid for it. Um, somebody told me later that uh, there's apparently legislation in, in, I don't know if it's in New York or in the States that says that, uh, you know, if you're invited by an organization to to do this, you should be compensated. I haven't checked out that law yet. But um, uh, so we were told because they're flying us over and putting us up in a hotel, this is what we expected to do with no charge. No per diem, no artist fees uh, for speaking, no artist fees for the participation in an exhibition. So we're in the most expensive city in the fucking world. And these are some of these women are single parents. Um, some of them had brought over their families and weren't invited to the opening. It was like a whole bunch of shit. And I was furious. I mean, I was, my fucking blood was cooking and everybody's coming up to me and like complaining. Like there was, there was, I, this is fucking disgusting. There was a video installation artwork that was shown on a single DVD. Back then it was DVDs, right? right? So it was like, um, one of like installation as a single projection boom, 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 after each other, because the, sh the the amount of space we were given was tiny. 
So they had to, you know, they had to pack all these 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 artists into the space. Um, and there was an Afghanistani video artist. Um, I don't know if she's, I, don't know, I can't remember her name. I don't know if she still practices. But she was like, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, I've got a collector who's bought this work and it's an installation and nobody nobody spoke to me about this. And I'm just like, why the fuck is everybody complaining to me? And then um, I was, uh, they, they were in two parts. So somehow they fell in love with me. That's a whole other story. So I was invited to speak on the panel because I was like, this, this title of the show is shit. Um, and and um, at the time, I was with the the project. Uh, the project um, gallery was was in uh, Midtown, um, and um, uh, my gallerina like phones me up, and he's like, "Oh, Tracy, you might not like like these. You might not like the global feminist, but feminists, fe- feminists, or feminists, they're feminists. Is it global feminists? But they really yeah. like you. They want you to be on the. Um, they want you to be on the panel. And I was like, yeah." So I kind of waited for the publicity to go out <laughs> so they couldn't take my name off. The the night before, um, I had a, I got into a fight with Elizabeth Sackler and I called her an egotistical white bitch who never fought for my freedom, who can't even pay us. And this is after we got kicked out of the, the, the National Arts Club um, where we were drinking nasty wine. I'm sorry, I'm just like, that was just such a fucking disrespectful experience. And I was like, you don't make art, you make history. And in art, there are no fucking secrets. Like, I was like, it's a long game, you know, like, um, you know, and, and you know, the, for me, the, there, were the, there were these points where, you know, people practicing and even people doing so now think that they're, they're kind of modes of practice, which are entirely disrespectful to artists and, you know, um, are okay and they can get away with it. It's like, no, history will judge you. We will ensure that it judges you, you know. Um Anyway, so so that was my thing. I was like, okay, so this is going to be a long game. This is this. I'm definitely making art about this, and so I ended up writing. Um, uh, firstly, I wrote a um, a play, um, and uh, the script of for for, for um, the Cancho, which was with these two socks. Um, yeah, oh, it was Freeze Art Fair, and uh, Christian Hay was my gallerist um, at the time, and he was he was you know the the owner of um, of the project, mm-hmm. we were at the Freeze Art Fair, and um, it was the the project was showing uh, William Pope L when he was back back when he was William Pope L, um, right. and his peanut butter factory, and um, we all ended up, ended up not not William but myself, Christian, Renault, Prosh, and a friend of ours all ended up in Christian's hotel room and raving the mini bar, and I was like drunk, and I was like, yeah, you know. I got invited to the show and this is what I'm going to do. And like the only two lines I had in my mind was um, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh shit. I can't remember that, that part, but it was like um, uh, the, the two socks talking. The one was something to the effect of um, uh, there are lots of, of women artists here. Yes. Adrian Pipe is here. No, she's not. Uh, yes, she is. No, she's not. She's dead. She's dead. Yes. Barbara Kruger killed her. And I kind of built the whole play just around those lines and I was telling Christian and he was like that's brilliant do it and so um uh and then I I wrote I wrote the first first version which I was going to do for the artist talk and then I I went to LA to see the wax show and it was closed on the Wednesday that I went to see it and uh, that was curated by Connie Butler and apparently it was a much better exhibition um because it was looking I think primarily at LA um female artists Mm -hmm. 
um, from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I kind of made the effort to go and go and see it. But when I get to, I was like in little Tokyo, um, it was closed. And I was like trying to look through the window. And I was only in LA for like two days and had to come back. Um, and so when I came back, um, I wrote the extended version for, for the conference. And, um, you know, there were things that happened like at the at the national uh, national, national, I think it was called the National Art Club. We, we got kicked out. Um, uh, uh, Tracy Moffat was like emceeing the mic and like getting everybody to sing and shit. <laughs> and then at some point, she's like, Tracy was from South Africa. Come and sing a song. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking sing. And she's like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what the fuck am I saying? Sing a song about how you hate men. I'm like, I don't hate men. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, just as, as, as like, I mean, for me as well, like a lot of, how I was able to be kind of brave, not really brave. I was just really arrogant and 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 cocky. Um, was because of um, Christian Hay, and mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, Christian Christian just he was just so incredible as um, as somebody that, like really like supported the work, interrogated you like when you were making and you know pushed you, you know. Yeah. And um, I was saying that like when when i was with the project i mean it was you know it was like the best gallery in the fucking world <laughs> and so um i was saying that like when i used to make a work i'd be like christian you know is this far enough and he'd be like no no go a bit further and i'd be like christian is this far enough and he'd be like no 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 go a bit further and i'd be like christian is this far enough and he'd be like go further and, you know, until i was so far gone that when the project shut down like nobody could touch me with a barge pole, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like having to work my way back through that and also consume a lot of humble pie um, was like, you know, it was also quite, and also I became a mom, you know, when you become a mom, when you're an artist, you you have a kind of different relationship to also the way that you, that you um, produce, I suppose, because, sure. you know, when I was younger, you know, I had a death wish. I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I want to, you know, I didn't mind dying at all. And so, um, like, when I went to um, East Jerusalem with my friend Chris Vessels, I mean, like, I was saying to him, he's a dad now. So I was like, dude, I don't think we'd ever be able to do this work now. I can't even believe we did it back then, you know. Yeah. And um, this is the work where I urinated on the wall. And it was crazy. Like, also just, like, you know the the kind of the magic that happens, the alchemy that happens when you when you make art, because this is really what it is, it's alchemic, right? right. Um, no, because we, we I say we that we neo shamans, but we, basically we just kind of like untrained wizards in a lot of ways, like just maybe defective because nobody's actually told us that, you know, especially with 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 the nature of contemporary art, right? Uh, as opposed, I mean, you can see that in painting, right? In a very kind of simple way, you, you you're mixing colors. Um, that have vibrational aspects and when they work together you know that that has an effect on you in you know whatever I mean you can use signs to determine you know what colors do to your retina and to your brain and all that shit but it's like you know uh, in in a non-scientific way it makes you feel fucking things you know and those things are transformative and that's the power of it. You know, it's not just a cerebral or scientific or physiological phenomenon. It's it's actually it's it's it you know, it's cellular. It's it's the DNA. resonance, right? Yeah, it's like music, yeah. like sounds are just vibrating your eardrums technically. They're just different resonating tones and voices are like that too. But 
it's how you feel after hearing that song that really is the art of it. Mm. Mm. I mean, I mean, looking at uh, it was like so I do you know a lot of like um, alternative healing uh, medicinal practices mm-hmm. um, just because I find that the Western ones sometimes yeah they don't work just yeah um, I prefer to get the the full vibrational aspect of, of of plants as opposed to you know the you know the the, the, the um, synthetic stuff the synthetic's the word yeah, yeah. right um yeah, no, I hear and you. yeah and i mean like i was saying that you know um I, I you know like part of what i need to do is i need to initiate as a as a shaman and i feel like that's what i'm going to do like post 50 or i'm kind of working towards that it's like you know um i should have done it 20 years ago um and that didn't happen um but now it's like i i have i have to do it you know it's like if if I don't want to live the next 50 years of my life, like I need to go into the cave, you know, hang out there for a period of time and, you know, go through all of these, these, these spaces and not just as a, a kind of a week here, a few days there, but like a full on commitment into understanding what these, these things are. Um, but, but, but like also part of the problem is because my gene pool is so hybridized. Like, um, if I if I do just purely sort of African root, my my Catholic ancestors will get pissed off, you know, um, or like you know what I mean. Like there's all yeah. these weird conflicts, and then on top of that, like you know, I say I say like you've got two you've got two lineages: your spirit lineage and your DNA lineage. So you're obviously your DNA lineage, your parents, your grandparents, and da da da. Um, and then your spirit lineage is where your spirit has occupied space and time. So you start off as like space dust. I used to, before I was, I was like, you start with a grain of sand. I was like, fuck it. No, you start off as space dust. And then your little grain of sand, your little set, your little pebble, your boulder, your rock, your boulder, your mountain. Then you evolve, your spirit evolves into a, a little plant, you know, a tree eventually, uh, and then an insect. And so, so as a, as a spirit being, your spirit needs to 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 occupy all these 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 um, aspects of life, so that you understand and appreciate it. So that you know, as a human being, you you lord over these things respectfully, because you've been all of them. But now, because we have mass um, mass uh, overpopulation and mass extinction, you know, the spirit evolution of 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 beings is is has been. Um, um, fast track so that you know um instead of you know evolving from an ant into a beetle into a scorpion into a whatever you evolve straight from you know an ant into a human you know right. um because those life forms have been lost um and this is kind of all the shit that i want to put into the the, the sci-fi musical you know i was I'm, gonna I'm just say like, that would be good fodder for that <laughs> yeah yeah how yeah. long is this is this like a is this like a longer, do you imagine it being like this longer narrative or is it more of a, like a vignette, like a shorter thing? Oh, no, this is like an epic film, probably nice. several parts. And I want it to be a TV series. Oh, you know, um, um, you know, I want all of it. Like that, that's the thing I really want to insert it into pop culture, in, into the mediums that, that pop culture uses so online. I mean, I started working on this television called Chat TV a really long time ago. Um, not really long time ago, actually, about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a parody of, in, in, in a part we were just giant black and white TV um, um that reference the TV we had in in the seventies. We got South Africa got television in the seventies, and we we had the 
wow. We were like one of the few people in our neighborhood to have a TV. So everybody used to come and watch ours. Um, and it was a black and white blaupunt. So I recreated this um, giant stage that was a black and white, this blaupunt in the middle of Templehof, which was um, the Nazis' um, 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 is what's it, uh, uh, what airport? Mm-hmm. Um, and Hitler wanted to, you know, construct. I think I think he did. Like there was a stadium, so they could watch air shows. Stadium hosting like fifty thousand people. You know, um, that was supposed that was planned for it. So anyway, um, during um, um, I think while the war was up, the Americans um, dropped food supplies. Um, I think and, and that landed in Templehof. Um, for the Berlin people, because uh, at the time they were they, they were being starved out. Um, so um, why am I telling you all of that? Um, I mean, it's just just this incredible history and how charged this place is, right? Because this is also the thing, like going back to artists being empaths. Like we pick up on the energies of the places that we we go to. Yes. Like I can't go to cemeteries too often because like people follow me home. Um, or they they enter, you know, because yeah. I haven't I haven't I haven't done the training to block that shit off, you know. It's like a lot of my students also have these callings, and they're completely misdiagnosed. I mean, all they got to do is go to a mountain and like appease an ancestor, whatever, you know. Some of them, or some of them have to go through full training to become like proper spiritual practices uh, practitioners. Sorry, so. Um, yeah, and so I was like six months pregnant, and we were all. Um, there were like five of us, including myself. Uh, we were painted in shades of gray. There was shades of gray from like black and white, black to to white, the black to white palette, um, uh, you know, of, of the set and everything. And we were there like five days a week uh, from nine in the morning to 10 in the evening. Wow. It was crazy, you know, and was also like parodying the Berlin Art Fair that happened in uh, 1896 where um, – People, Africans were put on display, so they had dioramas. I don't know if they had any other uh, nations, but like they had an African village, and it was the middle of fucking winter. And the people that were invited over, I think they were invited over. You know, they were um, they were diplomats, so they were chiefs, and you know, they weren't um, you know ordinary people, and uh, they died of exposure. And and so you know, and at the time, I was I was um, I, I was kind of blacklisted in the art world. I was sort of persona non grata for for a really long time, and um, so I just like I started just showing to whoever would invite me, you know. And this is like after the project closed down and after I'd been kicked out of my my South African gallery, um, I was like super angry. So my gallerist thought I was going to beat her up, <laughs> <laughs> so she wrote me a letter. And she cc'd the letter to my mother, you know, and she's like, I can't work with you anymore, and all this other shit. And so. Um, so yeah, so I was kind of like, you know, like in the wilderness, you know, and I was just like, I needed, I'm an artist, like I need my work to be seen, not for my fucking ego, but because it needs, that's why it exists. Otherwise, you know, I have no purpose. Yeah. And so um, I started getting invitations for the th- in the theater and dance world. And I was just like taking them and also just obscure places that were off the, um, you know, the kind of blue chip map i guess so mm-hmm. I, I was just taking any invitation that came my way um which in the past i wouldn't i would have refused to just because of my snob values and i made the most incredible people and you know like residencies are great when you when you go you always make friends for life because you're yeah. there for this even if you've been there for a week you yeah. will meet people and, you, and it's so intense and you know um i yeah um it's such a it's such a it's such a beautiful like social system 
you know. Um, Definitely. Yeah, no, it can be a, uh, something that just informs you. I mean, I like I did Skowhegan right out of school and it was such an amazing experience. I feel like those people, it's, it's a shorter thing, but you know, like Lorraine O'Grady was there and just all oh, John Waters. It was just amazing kind wow. of a year. And uh, yeah, there's something about going somewhere outside of your element and being with people who are also outside of their element and just kind of like marinating together. It, it does mm. something. Yeah. But it's also that kind of that unity of the freaks, you know, that freak magnet, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that we all get each other because, you know, within our spaces, we are, social rejects or socially inept or you know but this is the place where we all make sense you know and i love that that I mean, there's this i think the best line out of um chris rock's uh selective outrage was when he was talking about uh um caitlin jenner and he said you know um if caitlin jenner had been his dad he would have accepted you know them so it's like right. because he's an artist and that was the line. It's like artists accept everybody. That's what he said. <laughs> and you know, and it's so true. It's like you know, we have conversations with with, and, and you and you see like you know, there's ability to see sort of the grandeur in people, like their yeah. potential and who they are in essence. You know, it's like there's a there's a, there's a book um, that was probably the best um, uh, post-apartheid book written by by a white male, um, which is by Rian Milan, and it's called My Traitor's Heart. And um, he talks about, um, oh, fuck, I should have included that in my book list for Brooklyn. Oh, for, for Queens, forgot about that. We're still time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, and so he, he, he's, he talks, he, he, he relays the story um, of um, this uh, um, a white farmer in, I think in KwaZulu-Natal, and um, he, he'd been murdered, he got murdered at some point. But um, uh Somebody was describing him to the white farmer was describing him to 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 Milan, and he was said that when you look into somebody's eyes and you can see their soul, you know, and and that's it. It's just like it's and um, I mean I don't want to like say it's like an African thing, but like I know that like at home that's 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 a very um, it's a it's a it's a very like real practice, you know, yeah. when when you look into somebody's eyes and and it's just like you know it's just it's it's that it's like there's there's a I don't know what the fuck it is it's not it's not a connection it's way more profound it's way it's you know it's way more um, defiant of any kind of time space logic you know right um, no I believe I mean, it I I, mm. I feel that way like when you mm. look at people I always told my son when he was young and he's shy to you know, he wouldn't look at people in the eyes. And I was like, it's really important, you know, to like, there's a connection you make when you look at people. That's yeah, but, undeniable. But, but also you don't want to like, it's also, you should, you need to protect yourself. I of know course. when, when yeah. I, you know, when, when somebody has made me really sad, I can't look at them in, in, in the eye. It's just like, I'll, I'll, I'll lose the connection to myself to let them understand why it is that I'm feeling that way. So it's also, it's like, I mean, it's not too, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, yeah, but I I I, I get just to some people you just don't want to fucking look at like right. you get sucked into that space and uh, yeah um, yeah I had a, a, a an experience in God in two there was two spaces where I felt like physically like somebody was like putting their hand down my throat Oof. the one was negative the one was positive right and yeah. 
It felt like God had like put his hand down my throat and was massaging my soul. And that was the first time I was in Africa, outside of South Africa, for a show called South Meets West, um, which is also very like whack because we moved on to, it was, a it was great. It was just like African shows are fantastic. Well, these, they used to be because they were like family reunions, you know? Right. Um, and and then because we all kind of understood what the job was and like how what we you know what what our what our gig was on the global stage that we were we were opening up the space for more than just ourselves you know yeah um and i think that's that you know but i mean that's also very part much part of that whole kind of like 80s activist space that you know so many people practiced within you know right. yeah. um and then um the other was when we were I was leaving Israel after we'd done the two pieces, Waiting for God and San Pedro. And um, when we'd arrived, my, 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 my friend who, who was um, uh, filming for me, um, Chris Vestas Chris was filming for me. He, he was interrogated when he arrived and uh, for like six hours and he was thoroughly exhausted when I met him because I've arrived in separate planes and then um, when and I was thinking like really like you know like you can't be so weak until I left and I you know I had like a 20 minute maybe a half an hour it was less than an hour like interrogation just at the airport as we were leaving and <clears throat> it felt like they'd slip their hand down my throat and was squeezing my soul. Like, it was just like, oh, like, fuck. It was just like, it was, there was a, a sadness and a pain that was just so profound. It's intense. Um, yeah. But, you know, but, 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 I mean, like, fuck, there must have been, like, somebody doing some serious spade work for me, like, all these years, because I don't even know how I survived, like, a lot of the work that I've done. It was just, like, you know, gung-ho, fucking, like, death wish, you know, it was, yeah. like, I really didn't give a fuck. And, you know, kind of, like, trying to reflect on that now, like, and, and all these works and just having the lucidity, um, which is, which I never had before, which is also kind of, it means motherhood. It's also the fact that I'm, like, you know, somewhat of an academic at the moment because I'm practicing within an academic institution and that right. system demands a certain kind of um, um, a decorum, you know, which, yeah. I mean, when I first started teaching, I was like bloodied and like fucked up from the front lines of the art battlefield. And I walked into my first year class. I used to swear my students. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my God. They were like, I was like you might need to tone that down a little bit. Yeah, no, 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 I, was, I was hectic, man. I was like, Babies were throwing stones at tanks for your freedom, you know. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the second years when I when I was like that hard with them. I mean, it's kind of you know, it's sort of performative. I mean, like the kind of you know performativity within like the pedagogical right, framework. Right. It's like, like how do you also sort of shift the space? It's like you know this. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you know, so they were okay. I mean, they actually, uh, if it wasn't for COVID, I think they would feel a lot stronger about their, their practice um, right. but they were first year they were fucking off the his these kids made the most fucking they were making work that like surpassed their um yeah just it was just fucking incredible like incredible performance work incredible just incredible across the board in that first year and then COVID hit and everybody got fucked up man um, it, it's so energy is so infectious right like I feel like if you get a group of students together who have that energy and they can really buoy the rest of like there's something really yeah, I mean, collective about it that's great 
like these kids were sleeping in the studio. They they hadn't you know it's an open floor plan, um, and um, they was they were camping out on the weekends and just working because the assignment was um, first week. I was seven days. I want to see 10, 10, 10 things that challenge drawing for me. Like I don't give a fuck what it is. Like describe a drawing that you'll never make. You know, spit on the ground. You know I don't I don't give a fuck. Like I just don't want to see pencil on paper. I mean some of them obviously didn't do it. I mean and I wasn't interested in failing anybody. You know like at one point right. one of the exercises I made them all like you know mark each other's work and then I gave everybody a hundred percent. You know um, but like um, they then the second part of the assignment was by the end of the the course um, I wanted at least fifty drawings from them. Uh, you know these sort of drawings. You know and and it was, you know, it was just, you know, I wanted to get them like in that first quarter straight out of high school, so I could just like, you know, dismantle all the sh- all the the shit that bit, you know, that that had been inculcated, and just give them, you know, the keys to their freedom and be like, you're not a freak. Everything you say and think is valid. Within it, it is problematic, and we work through it, and we think about things, and you know, you're only as good as your next work. So just keep fucking growing. You know, there's never any fuck ups in art. If you know, you just you know, look at what you did before and just build on that. You know, yeah. um, and you know, and it's not about you. And it's you know, it's, you know, it's all of, and just to kind of also just normalize the madness of this practice. You know, right, right. Um, and they they were just like they just so supportive of each other and. Um, yeah, it was, um, and, you know, I said to them when they graduated last year, I was like, yeah, thank you for not like reporting me <laughs> and having my ass fired. <laughs> oh, I wanted my student. She was like, Pam, she was like, oh, you know, Tracy, I used to go home and think like, why is this woman shouting at us so much? <laughs> Thanks for not sharing that hidden recording with the uh, administration. <laughs> Uh, well, it sounds like, you know, I, I would imagine just in our short conversation, having you as a, as a, uh, as someone who's sort of championing experimentation and making work in the classroom, it would be quite uh, a fun experience and, and it would motivate those students to learn for sure. I mean, that's, that's great. Um, what this, the show that you have that's opening, it's a culmination of, I mean, what's the earliest work from? It's a pretty big survey, right? Yeah, the um, the original or the the initiation of its show was in um, at uh, Zeit Mocha in mm-hmm. Cape Town. So that was, you know, that was like six floors, and it was uh, it was, um, you know, um, the space was obviously a lot lot larger. So yeah, because the space is smaller, um, there's just a few of the works that aren't included um so you know i can't you know but it's 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 a it's a lot i mean i was walking around the other day and i was like oh god i haven't i haven't made a lot of work and they're like no 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 you've made a lot of work and i'm like still like you know i can see some some sort of some sort of the omissions and and some some gaps uh because even in cape town i think you know there were um there was work that was missing but also we didn't have a initially when we when we when, when the show um started we had like under a year to sort of pull it together mm-hmm. and then you know COVID happened and then you know the show was delayed for two years so at least we had time to refine it but um you know there was still there's still things I mean you know I was working full-time at the university and I was like also like struggling to 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 remember like some of the 
those moments that, that 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 weren't included. I'm kind of thinking of stuff now, and I'm like, oh shit, I wonder where that worked because I've got things in storage all over the world. And I'm like, oh okay. Um, uh, anyway, so sorry, long story. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a pretty a significant amount. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be. You know, I can't imagine like having that kind of like walk through. It's one thing to look back at images of your work over decades, but then to walk through a space and see it, it must give you a nice kind of like, I don't know, like a reflection. I'm sure it's a little, you know, like you were saying, like looking back at that earlier work, you it just takes you through a time period. And it, it must be a really great experience to sort of like to see it, you know, to walk through the past in a way. Yeah, I, you know, like I, I was, I think I was trying to say at the beginning, um, is that you know New York is my art home. You know, I had my first solo here um, yeah. at the project in in nineteen. When was it, in two thousand? Um, yeah, so I feel like I've I've I've, I've come home. You know, yeah. um, to like a people who understand what this is about and you know why I do it and you know to have that is just almost like a you know to gift gifting back to a place that gifted me so much. You know. Yeah, for uh, sure. Mm. And um, you never think about, you never thought about moving here or spending some more time in New York? Oh, dude, I'm moving here. Uh, it's, oh, you are? It's, it's already decided. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh. last week, last week, I like, I phoned my mom and my son and I said, we're moving here. Oh, okay. You know, and my mom was like, well, I have to think about it. I'm like, well, uh, the decision is made. It's done. Figure out where you want to stay. <laughs> you want to move, you know, my sister stays in Spain. You can move there. You can move back to Durban. But, I, you know, this is this is it. This is like, you know, the sort of yeah. This is like a the final frontier, man. This is you know, this is the 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 home of of all the freaks of all universes come come to to rest in New York. You know, don't know it. Um, yeah. After spending twenty three years with those freaks, I'm my, my final destination. I think is in the woods somewhere in Pennsylvania. Oh, that sounds <laughs> I'm, lovely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, all right last question is what what's the most recent music that you've been listening to that you're really into like what's something relatively new that you're into oh god so it's not even uh, a commitment to to the genre as much to this radio station that plays the genre um um so the genre is uh i'm a piano um and it's um it's a south african uh, mm -hmm. Form of it's like a combination of house, um, like like like, but but like a slow. I think it, I I don't I haven't even researched its origins, but it's like it's like laid back Afro house. I don't know how to fucking describe it. But my my favorite radio station YFM, um, in it's it's mainly in the Johannesburg area that it plays. Um, it uh it plays that constantly. So it's like, um, and you know the thing like, uh, so African like, um. Um, club culture or mm -hmm. dance culture is very much in, in, in within the club, and I think that's because we were so much in the caves doing this. So there's like always like a a reinvention of of music in a sense, or you know, it, it, you, you can see the the lineage and influences of of, of of sound. So so I'm a piano, I fucking love I'm a piano, and it's so healing, and it's oh, isn't God, it kind of jazzy. So it is, but it's like housey, jazzy, you know, um, like it's just, you know, like I said, it's like Afro beats. It's like just a, it's, it's such a beautiful blend of so many things that just make you want 
fucking beat the dance floor, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. that enthusiasm. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> to know there's other people out there with the same kind of enthusiasm for music. I mean, I feel that, I mean, I'm not, my days of going out and dancing or going to clubs is long over, but I will yeah. say when in the studio and you want to hit that flow state and you're just like working and you put on, you know, like I've been getting really into like footwork or like, you know, that sort of repetitive kind of like house stuff that like ghetto house from Chicago. And I mean, that stuff can, you can work to that forever. You know, you just right. get into a zone. It's pretty great yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, but also like, um, when, when I was a serious clubber, uh, and I think that's partly also what happened was that I stopped dancing. So like, I've got like all these fucking weird ailments now, but like, um, I would club on a from a, a Tuesday night until a Sunday morning, like not you know every night you know obviously not straight no, not, not straight but you <laughs> know God. but like yeah. yeah but I mean like you know Saturday Saturday night was like all all you know was was like all the way through until Sunday afternoon. I said Sunday morning it was actually till Sunday afternoon because we leave the club and people would be coming back from church. Wow. <laughs> and um um. And our DJ, it was a club called Therapy, and it was in the Gay Heartland in, in Johannesburg, mm -hmm. which is near the university I teach. But our DJ used to go um, like almost every fortnight to London to collect new music. And, um, uh, and oh God, it was like, it was so incredible. I never you know, used drugs and alcohol on the dance floor. Um, I don't do drugs just generally. I, I, can't, you know, I, I can't stand using that degree of control. And also, I think it's a waste of right. money. Yeah. Um, but, um, the yeah um and 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 one of the reasons i mean i was like the only person there <laughs> maybe i was driving on everybody else's drug energy but it was you know it was like the, you could sustain yourself with just the music like you yeah. you know it, and um and it's i mean it's such a deep claim they you know they primal medicine you know yeah. yeah definitely do you want to share the information about the show with the listeners on when it opens and you know any information about the the show at the Queen's Museum? Sure. Um, I know there's the VIP opening on Thursday. Um, I've been like telling people I'm going to invite them on Thursday. I'm going to go and check out that. <laughs> I see the tickets still available. But um, the public opening is on. Oh wait, wait, hang on a second. On Saturday. Wait, what? What are the dates? Um, Thursday, I think, is the twentieth. Saturday, the twenty second is um, a public talk with Christian Hay and Tumelo Musaka, which is, and myself, which is going to be amazing. Um, and then Sunday, um, 23rd, is the public opening. I hope I've got those dates right. And Sunday, apparently, you know, um, there's going to be DJs. I, I, um, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. But I don't know who the DJs are yet. And, um, but yeah. Um, well, are you curating them or are they? No, they... I'm not. I kind of had a fantasy that I would. And I just like, just because, give, give, given the time and, you know, my, my time resources are just like pathetically stretched. Um, I wasn't able to. This, yeah. And also just kind of, you know, I think, you know, I, mean, I had a fantasy that I was going to ask some of my favorite DJs on, on the radio station. We, the radio station doesn't know I exist, but um, <laughs> I, I was going to ask if they can't like do like a live feed, if they couldn't come over, you know, because um, there would be budget constraints, you know, I'm sure to bring them over. But, but I was like, you know, to have like a battle with, you know, people back home and people here, that would have been the ultimate fantasy. But yeah, I, I wasn't able to pull that off. 
That's going to be great, though. Do you ever listen to the lot radio or watch their live feeds? No, I actually need to find some some good radio stations to listen to. Yeah, tell me. Who, who, who yeah, I'll call? send. I'll send you. It, the lot okay. radio is a place in Brooklyn here, not far yeah. from where I am, and they they bring in DJs from all over, and they'll do sets that are broadcast over like YouTube or the internet. Mm. It's pretty good stuff. That's great. Oh, that's wow. That's great. I used to DJ in a club that was just up the road from my house. Um, um yeah i'd like anyway it's fun isn't it yeah oh god i love it so much yeah because it's a a different um conversation piece you know like um you know and and how you 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 read the audience in lifetime i mean like i'm just self-taught i mean i i my friend who trained me at the club we had a one um cdj deck and a dvd player Mm -hmm. and no mixer so that was how i learned to dj with cds um in a club like that, live old school <laughs> it's like it's like fucked up old school yeah like a fucking cd player i mean a, a dvd player <laughs> and um yeah it was great i mean it was it was uh because also you use the, the 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 kind of the like again the fuck-ups as moments to to kind of recharge like, like you know you, you have to disguise it yeah. so it like like flips things i mean it was oh, it was so insane oh, it was so insane so, well, I'm I'm really excited to see the show, and I'm also happy to know that you're going to be a neighbor soon. So we can. Mm. That is so cute. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> that's Should that's we... like oh, yeah. Community. That's so nice. Yeah, yeah, big time. That's that's lovely. That just warms the heart cockles. Thank you. Oh. Well, congrats on the show. It's been great Thank to meet you. you. Likewise. Thanks for this. This was so refreshing and beautifully different. Loved it. Sound of Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. You can check out more about the podcast by going to soundofvisionpodcast.com or you can check out images on Instagram at Sound of Vision Podcast. Many thanks to the New York Studio School for their sponsorship. Make sure you check out their marathons, which are coming up. You can sign up at nyss.org. Many thanks to Golden Artist Colors for making great products to make artwork with and Fulcrum Coffee Roasters for keeping me awake. Make sure you check out Tracy's show, Shooting Down Babylon at the Queens Museum. It's up all the way till September 10th, 2023. Many thanks to Tracy for taking the time out to talk. If you would like to support the podcast, there's a few ways you can do it. One easy way, tell a friend about it, post about it, share it. Second thing you could do is leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And the third thing you could do is get the official book from the Sound of Vision podcast, Why I Make Art, which is still out there and still doing it. As always, thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Got some really interesting artists coming up on deck, so stay tuned. <laughs>